1: Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring My Trustmark online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC.
2: Good morning. It's 830 on Monday, August 7th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, mixed feelings among Nissan workers on the heels of the vote. What's next for union efforts?
3: Relief because the tension was high and it was a lot of stake. So for us to get that no-go in, it's just overwhelming because we secured the state of
4: Mississippi. But we will be back in six months. I want to take Nissan by storm. We're going to make this history that we've been talking about.
2: A new medical school building for University of Mississippi students that leaders say could help solve the state's doctor shortage. And after everyday tech, find out how Mississippi measures up on policy action to fight cancer. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Workers at the Nissan plant in Canton hope the company will address employees' concerns, but that process will not start with the help of a union. Votes against unionization won by a nearly 2-to-1 margin at the facility with only 38% of the more than 3,500 participating employees casting yes ballots. Temporary workers hired through contract companies were not eligible to vote. Still, the defeat has not phased some workers. Supporters of the United Auto Workers say they plan to try again in six months. For now, workers against the union say they're happy to continue working. Tony Hobson is a production tech against a union at Nissan. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier he's relieved now that the election is over.
3: I'm feeling great. It's overwhelming, the relief because the tension was high, and it was a lot at stake, ma'am. So for us to get that no-go in, it's, 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 it's just overwhelming because we secured the state of Mississippi. I think we, it's, it's just a plus for the state. We can continue to grow. Businesses are going to continue to come here because we turned the UAW down. We don't need a union here. So it's a great feeling.
4: When you say a lot was at stake, like what?
3: Like the security of our working. Right now, we're good. We've been here 15 years. Nissan came and took a chance on the state of Mississippi, and we showed them we could do this without a union without the UAW, then Toyota followed, the tire company has followed. By us sending the message out that we're able to do this here in the state of Mississippi, there's nothing we can't do. The industries are going to come. So, in that aspect, that's what I mean. It was just a relief, and we we showed them and we can do it here, and we don't need the UAW here. And that's just going to be a plus for the state of Mississippi. We can continue to grow here.
4: How did you feel about the concerns that they brought to the table?
3: Ma'am, some of those may have been legit as far as the seniority thing. Maybe I can see that push, trying to get seniority to mean more and have precedence. But for the most part, ma'am, all those were, were false. This intimidation thing i've been there almost 15 years i have never faced intimidation from management it's just it was a lot of untruths uh, the unsafeness and all this kind of stuff work area it's safe there we got thousands of people there man we haven't had a fatality there in 15 years sure people have gotten hurt but for it being unsafe unsafe work condition that's an untruth. so some of the things that they were saying were were false the race thing and all this they for blacks you got blacks doing so much better now because of nissan the opportunity that it presented us the money that we're making, the perks that go along with being a full-time Nissan employee, we can drive $60,000 vehicles just because we work there. As soon as you hire Nissan, you're eligible to lease anything they make. infinities on down. So it's just... The company, it's not perfect, ma'am. There's some things that can be tweaked, but we can do that as a working unit. We don't need an outside entity to come in and do that for us because we got it good. And I mean, we got it good. And I'm just glad to see that the majority feel the same way. What's next? We're going to continue to grow. And I want to say this. We got the attention. When I say we, I mean us as a whole, even the people that, wanted the union, and we didn't want it. So now what, what we can do with our own team, our own HR team, our own people, our own management, we're going to come together. We're going to sit at the tables, and whatever problems we got, we're going to work them out ourselves. This is going to be good for everybody. To even have the vote, we got their attention. That was a good thing, I think, for the concerns to come up. So management know we are serious, and there's some things that we need to work on, and they are willing to do that. And I'm just glad we're still going to have the opportunity to have our own voice and not have to bring nobody from the outside to speak for us. It's an open-door policy that we got a car. We can go anywhere we want to go through that plant and talk to anybody we want to talk to. We're going to continue to grow at Nissan because they take care of their own, I promise
4: you. Let me ask you, there has been talk of one-on-one conversations, supervisors having these conversations with workers, then the round table discussions, handing out the t-shirts that say vote no. Those things have been seen as tactics to encourage workers to vote no. Your reaction that's,
3: to that? That's an untruth. Nobody passed out shirts. If you wanted a shirt, you could get one. Nobody was there passing them out. Nobody made you take a shirt. Those are some of the tactics they were using. We were being intimidated, saying that we get it, we're going to lose our job. Nobody told me that. I was campaigning. I was saying that because – I know how the business go. I studied UAW's record. I'm telling you we were gonna lose a job because I knew that's what was gonna happen. Just like right now, fifteen thousand UAW workers are laid off and plants are closing all over. So we did our facts as a unit of people that worked there. Management had nothing to do with that. They had their shirts, they had their literature, they were campaigning, ma'am, and we as a working people, not the management, these were us, the people that were we got together and formed our own group. We beat the payment. They hadn't faced opposition. Normally it's just them out there. We went out there too to say, hey, we don't want you. We don't need you. Nobody told me what to do. We made a choice ourselves to save our livelihoods,
4: to keep our security. We appreciate you taking the time to speak to us. You are very welcome.
2: Union supporters say they'll continue to press for better pay, health benefits, and a pension. Michael Carter is a production tech in support of a union at Nissan. He tells our Desiree Frazier he's concerned with long-term security.
5: My father worked for a union company. He got hurt, he got fired. Okay, He had been on his job 25 years, but he got fired he didn't have any benefits left. But because they had a union, he went through the process. He won. He got his back pay, and he's able to retire with full benefits. That's what a union can do for you. Here at Nissan, if you get fired, you don't have no, what, nobody to go to. you just fired.
4: So if you get hurt on the job and you can't work, what happens?
5: You're sitting at home. We don't have anything called light duty is what they say. So if you're on restriction, then you got to stay at home until you can come off restriction.
4: So when you look back over the years of trying to organize, where do you think you went wrong? Well,
5: actually, I don't think we went wrong. Like I said, I think the roundtables and the fear played a big part in us losing. The first set of roundtables, everybody was energetic. You know, we were strong. But when you start to tell somebody that they're going to lose what they have when they came from an $8 an hour job, where they were at before. They have no education. They only have a high school diploma. And so you give them 20 dollars an hour, somewhat decent health care, and you give them a 401K. You allow them to lease any kind of car they want to lease. Okay, once that person gets that, they think they, they're living now. They get to move out of where they're from to maybe a better neighborhood. So now they think, well, I don't need anything else. But what about your security? What about your long term? We got a lot of people in there that are younger that's not thinking about When they get ready to retire, what are they gonna have when they retire? Our pension was froze. Our pension is in a 401k type plan now. So if we have another recession, your pension takes a hit. Not only does your own 401k take a hit, your pension takes a hit. So what happens then? The pension they froze. All we got in there is four hundred dollars. That's all we got.
4: When you come back in six months to try and have another election, what's gonna be different?
5: I don't think anything's gonna be different. But I think our counterparts, our coworkers, are gonna see that there's nothing different. They're going to see that everything that Steve Marsh has said, he's not going to live up to.
4: That Steve Marsh is?
5: He's the president of the plant.
4: What has he promised people?
5: Well, he hasn't promised anything. What he said is that we hear you. We hear all the things that you said in the roundtables. So we're going to listen, and we're going to try to do something. But you can hear all day, where's the action? I don't need you to hear me anymore. I need you to take action. Show me. He said he's a man of his word.
4: Do you think the uh, TV ads and the social media by the company influenced people?
5: Well, I think it influenced the, the community and those type people influenced, you know, their in-laws or the people that they know worked at Nissan, which said, oh, you got this good job, why you need a union? Or you're going to get involved in that union and you ain't going to have no job. Well, when I say that, who knows if you're going to have a job when you go in there on Monday because there's no security. I can't dismiss that they didn't bring jobs to Mississippi. They did. That is not a lie. They did. But at the same time, you can't treat people wrong just because you brought jobs to Mississippi. I shouldn't treat you as second class citizens just because I brought something here. I shouldn't just keep kicking you just because I can.
4: Thank you so much, Mr.
2: Carter. Thank you. Nissan says in a statement the employees have been heard. The company has learned a lot and will continue to strengthen its direct relationship with employees. The UAW has filed seven unfair labor practices charges against Nissan with the National Labor Relations Board. Coming up, a new medical school at UMMC brings positive hope for health care in the state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
1: Are you ready to leave the United States to work or volunteer? Have you thought about how you'll handle your finances overseas? Do you still have to pay income tax back home? On the next Money Talks, our guest will be Duncan McNichol, who will share his experiences and advice on living and working short-term and long-term outside of the U.S., We'll also take your personal finance questions. That's on Money Talks, Tuesday at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio.
2: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Taryn Brown. Future healthcare professionals now have the option to study in a brand new medical school at the University of Mississippi. The school's medical center formally dedicated the facility in a ceremony on Friday. The building replaces a school that was housed in the original medical center complex from 1955. The new space is specifically designed for the School of Medicine. Mississippi ranks last at roughly 185 doctors per 100,000 residents, as reported in 2015 by the Association of American Medical Colleges. Dean of the School of Medicine, Dr. Luann Woodward, says the size and advanced technology allow for an increase in the number of entering students. Some say it's a good sign for health care in the state. Governor Phil Bryant says the new school creates jobs for Mississippians.
6: You go from being able to graduate about 140 doctors to 165. uh, And so, cumulatively, that will help us reach uh, an additional 1,000 physicians by 2025, which has been my goal for the last decade, is work towards that. More physicians will be able to go into more rural areas and provide health care that's lacking now. This university, this medical center is leading the nation in telemedicine, so you'll see these new students adapt to, uh, to that so it'll be better health care saving lives a- and growing uh, the industry of health care in Mississippi and it is a huge provider of jobs and income.
2: Governor Bryant also says the increase in doctors will be an economic help for the state.
6: I think every mayor that I talk to and there are a lot of new ones that well, they're concerned about their economic development I advise them to find a doctor, find a physician Uh, go and renovate a building for him or her and put them in their community. They'll bring as much as $2 million of economic impact to it. So what we're doing here is generating additional tax revenue that will help build next year's budget for support of health care and other needs in Mississippi.
2: Johnny Lippincott is a fourth-year medical student. He plans to stay in Mississippi after graduate school.
6: I think that this facility is an excellent symbol of
7: uh, the concern and care that the state holds uh, for our future to be able to take care of our patients and the people of Mississippi. And I think that it's, an, uh, uh, I think it's definitely a sign of excellence that will make us feel the great privilege and honor that we're bestowed with in terms of taking care of those people and uh, take to heart even greater our duty to take care of the people of Mississippi. Uh, lots of us are from here and uh, plan on staying here, going back to our hometowns and practicing. One thing uh, that makes it difficult to plan is, you know, the residency involves a matching process and you apply to 10, 20, 30, some people apply to even 40 or more schools. And uh, you get to rank the list, but you don't always choose where you end up for that four years, five years, however many. But many people plan on returning and uh, I think it's a wonderful thing for the state.
2: State funds and a community development block grant paid for the nearly $74 million project coming up find out the leading preventable cause of death in the country that's after everyday tech this is mississippi edition on mpb think radio from the capital steps to your front door mpb news covers the state like no one else our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life mpb news online at mpbonline.org and on mpb think radio this is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilkes Cottrell
4: and Jeremy Thompson. Today, we're talking about home and office security technology. What are some options out there?
7: So with uh, your security, um, a lot of people mix the two terms. Like you've got your home security system and then you have a surveillance system. Well, your security is going to be for your windows and your doors. In case you have intruders, it's, it's intrusion prevention. Whereas your surveillance is going to be for monitoring something that may already be going on inside or outside of your home. And uh, we found with a lot of our clients that they they want that kind of security. And these days, it, it makes sense, and it's also affordable. So. A lot of times when people contact me, they want to set up a, a small camera inside their home, and they also want a security system. And these things, uh, most of them are wireless now, or if there are wires, there's very few wires, and they're very easy to set up in their homes.
8: We used to see a definition between the home and the office, and now we're actually seeing the two are actually becoming one. We're really thinking about these things the same. And, and like Jeremy mentioned, people are wanting surveillance. They're wanting to see what's going on, but they're also wanting to keep keep the bad guys out. And so with that, there's so many simple things, you know, be it using wireless security. um, You see a lot of the features and functions are actually almost disguised in now this term of smart home. We're actually digitally connecting these homes, and that's really giving us the safety and security aspect, be it if you have a child at home. Maybe, you know, during the day you wanted to kind of peek in on them or if it's, you know, security concerns as well.
7: And the the smart aspect of your home security system, it, it can inform you when your alarm has been disabled and by whom, um, it can send you a certain text message when, uh, say, a medicine cabinet in your bathroom has been opened, and it doesn't set off any alarm. It just informs you that something like that's happened. So, you know, a lot of people have a private place in their house that they don't want people messing with. So, it's nice to have a little switch on there that tells you when somebody's been tampering with it. And the systems right. these days, uh, they're going more wireless. So, even if somebody say cut the power to your house because they were trying to bypass your security system, which most of them have, most of them have backup batteries anyways. But the ones that don't would be completely dead in the water. That would be it. You'd be able to go in the house and do whatever you wanted. Whereas these newer systems are cellular. And so there's no way to disable them. And while uh, in the past you could beat the keypad off the wall with say a bat before it sent the signal out and that was it. You you know, no intrusion detected. But nowadays uh, they hide the module somewhere else in the house and all they see is the keypad on the wall. Well, if you beat that off the wall, it doesn't do you any good because it still sends that cellular signal out and alerts that there's been an intrusion.
4: But what are some features that people need to look for in when purchasing a um, home security
7: system? Well, you want to make sure that it's going to pair with a good app. Uh, most everybody wants to be able to see what's going on from their phone And believe it or not, there are still some of these systems out there that are just a little too cheap, and they just don't quite have that app integration that people are looking for. So as we always say, look into your reviews and make sure that it works with the platform that you're trying to get it to work on. It may work great with iPhone. It may not work at all with Android. So definitely look into that and make sure.
8: Well, and and definitely this goes right back to what you're all saying, and that is keep it simple. If you try to look for something that's got every bell and whistle out there and you're not going to really use them, it really comes down to you won't use it. If it's inconvenient, you're not going to turn it on. If it's inconvenient, you're not going to deal with it. You know, exactly what we've been saying. Find simple solutions with good supported apps. Read reviews of what people are saying about them and make sure that people are actually liking it. And is it going to give you what you want and what you need?
7: And uh, just recently, I helped my brother put a camera inside his apartment. And um, it's the type that you can control. Like you can pan it, you can tilt it, you can zoom with it. And um, it also has other features, like you can talk to the person and you can hear what's going on, but those things don't work very well. So definitely when you get something, uh, you know, you've typically got 30 days before you have to return it, so run it through all the features that you're trying to get it to do and make sure that it does them to your satisfaction.
4: Another question comes to mind is uh, pricing. Sometimes the larger packages aren't just the best, and sometimes the cheaper packages aren't always the worst, correct? (laughs) Correct.
7: Definitely, and there's there's typically a package out there that's going to meet your needs, especially with the security systems. They're going to come with a certain amount of sensors for your doors and for your windows, and then they've also got motion sensors and smoke detectors and so forth if you need all that stuff. So definitely look through the packages that they offer and make sure you find one that fits what you need.
4: We will talk more about home and office security on Everyday Tech, the show that comes on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. You can always send us an email to everydaytech.com at mpbonline.org. For Wilt Couture and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition.
2: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Advocacy groups are urging Mississippi lawmakers to focus on tobacco control policies to reduce cancer rates. An annual progress report by the American Cancer Society's advocacy affiliate, the Cancer Action Network, outlines how state legislation affects cancer prevention outcomes. In Mississippi in 2017, 17,290 people will be diagnosed with cancer and 6,560 will die from it. This is alarming. Considering thirty point eight percent of cancer deaths in Mississippi are attributable to tobacco and its co- and it costs the state one point two three billion dollars in health care costs every year. Kimberly Hughes is government relations director at American Cancer Society. She says a more focus on she says a focus on proven protection policies could save lives and money.
0: It's a progress report on state legislative activity to reduce cancer incidence and mortality where it grades states in nine different areas of public policy around tobacco, cancer prevention, and access to care. You know, it provides a great mechanism to help lawmakers in the fight against cancer working through policy change.
2: Are you comparing each state from year to year to see if there's been progress among legislative action?
0: Yes, it's graded in a color-coding system. So some years we see movement from from yellow to green or from red to yellow. So each year we look at that and based on the policies that have passed or haven't passed and whether or not the color will change for that year.
2: Green is good, yellow is eh, and red is bad, I take it, right?
0: Correct, and unfortunately, Mississippi has lots of red, so we have nowhere to go but up in many of the areas.
2: How many red and how many yellow in Mississippi?
0: Six red and three yellow and no green.
2: Are we the worst in the country?
0: (laughs) We are one of the three states that met benchmark on none of the issues.
2: Smoking or the use of tobacco is the leading preventable cause of death in the country. That's pretty significant.
0: In Mississippi, 31% of cancer cases are a direct result of tobacco use.
2: Do you have the same message for all of the country?
0: We have the same goal throughout the country. Many states have already passed a lot of tobacco control legislation, so they've now moved on to other areas. For example, in Mississippi, we are working to protect all of our citizens from the harmful effects of secondhand smoke by passing smoke-free workplace policies. And, you know, some states have already passed a statewide law where they are, you know, all protected In Mississippi, we've done a great job at the local level in smoke-free policies. We've got 138 cities that have a comprehensive policy where you can't smoke in indoor workplaces. But unfortunately, because we're such a rural state, that only covers about 32% of our population. So our goal is to one day have a state law that covers all indoor workplaces throughout the state.
2: What is the financial benefit of implementing these smoke-free places and communities?
0: It definitely cuts down on long-term health care savings for employers. It reduces absenteeism. When we talk about making restaurants smoke-free, a lot of people think people, you know, can choose where they want to go eat dinner on the weekend. But our message is really around the workers and people that have to work in these environments all day, every day. In Mississippi, that's a big issue in the, in the gaming industry. We have probably 25,000 workers in the gaming industry that are succumbed to that um, smoking environment. So we've got our work cut out for us there, but we don't want to forget about the workers as we continue to to advocate for smoke-free workplaces. In addition to smoke-free workplaces, we are also working across the country and in Mississippi to raise the price of tobacco and that is one of the best ways to reduce the smoking rate and, most importantly, to prevent our young people from ever starting to smoke. Uh, Mississippi's current tax is $0.68. Our national average is $1.69. So we can really save lives, we can reduce health care costs, and we can raise revenue for the state if we would pass a significant increase in the price of cigarettes.
2: That would be the most significant thing the legislature could do to raise the price.
0: Definitely one of the three. Our top three things we would like the legislature to do to make a big impact would be to raise the price, to provide a smoke free um, workplace law for all citizens and to fully fund tobacco prevention and control the programs through the Mississippi State Department of Health where we can really get out there and educate people on the harmful effects of tobacco use and also to provide cessation services.
2: Kimberly Hughes is the Government Relations Director for the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network. Kimberly, thank you very much. I appreciate you being with us.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Research shows Mississippians also need better access to cancer screening and treatments and policies that support proper nutrition and physical activity. You can view the how do you measure up report at acscan.org. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for local programming coming up at 9 o'clock. Deep South Dining at 10 o'clock. It's Now You're Talking and at 11 o'clock. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy. I'm Karen Brown. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio.
1: Report for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring Trustmark Deposit Express, ATMs for business and personal banking. No deposit slips, no envelopes, no waiting. Most deposits made by 9 p.m. weekdays are credited that day. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC.